Amazon publicly unveiled its first home robot, Astro, back in September, after working to develop the device in secret for the past several years. A robot. Yes. Astro is 17 inches tall with a 10-inch display, a rear cargo hold, and a periscoping camera. It rolls around autonomously on two wheels. Basically, it's a mobile echo device responding to questions in the voice of Alexa. Astro otherwise communicates through beeps and blips and a pair of expressive digital eyes in the form of simple animated emoticons on its display. What are we going to do with a robot? In an introductory video, the company anticipated the skepticism Astro would face. Well, Astro, follow me. In this fictional world, of course, Astro wins people over with its ability to navigate autonomously through a house, serve as a mobile security sentry and a video conferencing hub, check the stove with its periscoping camera, help family members check in on older relatives, start a dance party, and deliver a drink to someone on the couch. Thank you. All right, I'm in. In the real world, however, Astro still has some convincing to do. CNET's David Priest summed up the reaction in this review. Astro is a solution in search of a problem. It's cool, undeniably, and I'm excited to see what home robots look like in the near future. But for now, Astro remains an interesting device with a lot of promise, but too little utility to really be worth that price tag. That price tag for now is $1,000 if you're one of the limited number of customers whose request to purchase Astro is approved through Amazon's preview program. Eventually, when Astro is more widely released to the general public, the price is expected to go up to $1,500. This is just the beginning of the journey for us. You know, Astro's our first consumer robot. It's not going to be our last. That is Ken Washington, the Amazon executive in charge of Astro, in an interview at the company's Remars conference in Las Vegas recently. Washington was chief technology officer at Ford, overseeing initiatives including autonomous vehicles, before joining Amazon last year. Hey, look, I moved to this new job all the way from Ford. and you know, I had a pretty cool job before, and so I have a strong conviction about this area for Amazon. A nuclear engineer by training with a doctorate from Texas A&M, he worked earlier in his career in roles including chief information officer for Sandia National Laboratories and chief privacy officer for Lockheed Martin, experiences that made him uniquely suited to work on Astro. I wouldn't have done this move if I didn't really believe it. We're in this for, for good and we're looking at all kinds of really cool things in the future. I'm GeekWire co-founder Todd Bishop. My conversation with Amazon Astro leader Ken Washington is coming up on this episode of the GeekWire podcast after this break. I wanted a career in IT, but I didn't know where to start. WGU makes it simple. Their accredited online degree programs cover all kinds of IT specialties, and they have valuable industry certifications built in at no extra cost. The payoff? Having those certs back up my degree makes me look even better to future employers. A nonprofit university that includes top industry certs in their programs? I choose WGU. Learn more at wgu.edu backslash IT certs included. 
Dr. Ken Washington, thank you very much for joining us. It's my pleasure to be here, and please feel free to call me Ken. Okay, good. Just just got to start with the formalities, I guess. I appreciate that, actually. So you joined Amazon from Ford, and you've got a, a fascinating background that includes your training as a nuclear engineer. And really, it's just a interesting platform from which you are now taking on and leading one of Amazon's most interesting projects, Amazon Astro. What made you decide to join Amazon? It was actually a pretty easy decision because I've always admired Amazon as an amazing place that drives innovation and thinks big and makes like really important products that people love. And when I came to Ford, my charter was to really help them drive technology into the into the products and to be more innovative and more technology oriented. And I felt like I had done that. And so the opportunity to come to a company that was digital native and that just does that naturally was a very straightforward, easy decision, especially given that I had the opportunity to work on this amazing product, Astro. Uh, It was was really easy. (laughs) You said in a discussion with some students that I listened to, that you had three principles when you were thinking about your career and your job and helped lead you to this new job at Amazon. It has to matter for society. It has to be technically difficult. And it has to be a learning opportunity for you. I totally get the second two, technically difficult and learning opportunity. Can you convince me on matters for society when it comes to Astro? I'm skeptical on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, how, how much of your time do you spend in your home? A lot more lately. <laughs> a lot, and people lately are spending a lot more time in their homes. And so we've created these technologies to make our experience in our homes more enjoyable, easier, to give us time back, to make it more pleasurable. And then when you're not in your home, you can't do some of the things that you do when you're home. So for me, Astro is one step in the direction of really helping people have a much better experience of being at home. And so I'm convinced more than ever that Astro and the smart home technologies that it can interact with in the future will be a huge part of people having a great experience in their home, whether it's from an entertainment point of view or from a caring over loved ones point of view or from a productivity point of view, because I can take selfies instead of using a selfie stick. I can do it with my Astro. I can take selfies of my whole family because I don't have to leave one person out. I can remember the days I used to, we used to take turns and one person would take the picture and then we would stitch the picture together in Photoshop. You know, you don't have to do that if you've got an Astro. So I think it'll matter for, for society, for people, for families that want, that spend time at home, that want to have a product in their home that can help them do things that they need and want to do. So I think it'll be important for society. Can you explain how your thinking shifted about the potential of technology and the right ways to apply it during your tenure at Ford? Sure, sure. And, and it's applicable to what we're doing with Astro because, um, look, automation is hard. And trying to to move a, a device that could run into things, it has to be done very carefully and thoughtfully. And and so my thinking when I was working on autonomous vehicles, both semi-autonomous and the desire to do full autonomy, it became pretty clear to us after we worked on it for a number of years that it was much harder than we originally thought. And, and so it became more clear that we should take our time and think about it sort of in steps as let's do partial autonomy and do it well, 
but in parallel work on the full autonomy over long term. So shifting here to Amazon and what we're doing with Astro, um, it's very similar. I mean, you know, we wanted to get this ambitious product in the hands of our customers quickly, and that's why we shipped Astro as a day one edition product. And we're learning, but it does amazing things today. And we're hearing that customers love what it does with home monitoring and caring for loved ones, and they think of it as a companion in their home. But you can be certain that we're going to learn so much more as they interact with Astro in their homes, and we'll begin to feather some of that learning into new features, new capabilities. And it'll be a, more like a marathon, not a sprint. You know, We'll learn, and we'll make it better, and, and that'll inform what we do next. To that point, I've heard you and your colleagues refer to Astro as a foundation. Yes. And it made me wonder, what's it a foundation for? Well, it could be a foundation for quite a few things. So first of all, there's not been a product like this ever. So this is a first-of-a-kind product in consumers' homes. And it's very different than robotics and fulfillment centers. Uh, if you just think about the, the homes you've been in and the homes you've owned, they're all different. You know, they have different layouts. They have different furniture in it. People put clutter on the floor. You know, people walk around and coexist with these robots. So it's a really different environment than in a fulfillment center. We had to invent technology to allow Astro to be successful in a wide variety of home environments. And we had to invent technology to enable this automation to happen at a, at a not too expensive price point in a small enough package so Astro is approachable. So there's a lot of innovation and invention that had to take place. And so as we think about robotics in the home, we think about how do we invent so that robotics in the home can be successful with the people that it has to coexist with. You talk about foundation, you think about platforms, and I've started to wonder, is there an ecosystem play here where Amazon's home robotics technology could eventually be the foundation for a bunch of third-party technologies that could plug into it? And I recognize you can't talk about future roadmaps, but to the extent you could dance around that, I'd be really interested in hearing. Yeah, look, it's not very hard to imagine a future where Astro is a platform upon which third parties can develop applications and services. And so it's not hard to imagine that we would open up a software development kit for Astro. Uh, look, no one has more smart home devices in homes than, and endpoints in homes than we do at Amazon with the Alexa devices and Echo devices in the home and, uh, and also ring cameras and ring doorbells. And so one of the things that we're talking about is how would we figure a way to make all these things work together more seamlessly so that you know because of these devices in your home what the state of your home is and how these devices can inform that knowledge of the state and it can be more seamless and so things happen more automatically more well we call it ambient intelligence we think Astro could be a part of that vision for ambient intelligence. And really to make that come to life, we would have to think about ways to open up third-party innovation on top of Astro. So it's something that we're thinking about. More with Ken Washington, leader of the Amazon Astro team, after this break. This GeekWire podcast is sponsored in part by Yale University Press. Are you concerned about the rise of AI and how it will impact our society? Every day, artificial intelligence presents us with urgent ethical challenges. How do we harness this extraordinary technology to empower rather than oppress? Nigel Shadbolt and Roger Hampson have written a how-to for building ethical machine intelligence. Their new book, 
As If Human, Ethics and Artificial Intelligence, is now available wherever books are sold. Reading some of the initial reviews of Astro, it seems like there's a real search for the killer app or the real functional utility that would make people say, I cannot let this device go. I have to have Astro Astro in my life. Do you believe that that killer app or clear utility has emerged yet for Astro? I think it depends on the person. There are some people who will tell us very clearly that they love home monitoring. And for them, it's a killer app. Well, you hear from others that they love the ability for Astro to be always there with their loved ones that they can't be with all the time. And so for them, it's the killer app. Uh, and so, for example, we heard from one of our customers that uh, that their father's in a wheelchair. And we heard that they they were looking for him one day because it didn't Astro didn't report out as it normally does because they set up a routine for Astro to send them a notice every time their dad interacts with Astro first thing in the morning. And so they thought, well, something must be wrong. So they dropped in on Astro using the Astro app and looked for dad and found that he had fallen out of his chair. And they called 911, dispatched paramedics, and it may have just saved his life. So for them, that's priceless. And so I think it depends on the person. We've clearly heard from customers that some families haven't yet found that that like must-have application. So we're asking them, what would you like to see? What would make it a must-have application for you? And we're gathering lots of great ideas. And some, some of those ideas involve interacting more meaningfully with kids and with pets, possibly doing something more interesting with photos. I can't get into details about our roadmap, but you can be certain that we're going to be responding to what we're learning as customers give us their feedback about Astro in their homes. From a leadership perspective, thinking about some of the press that's come out about Astro, not all of it positive, has that been an opportunity for you to exercise some of the things that you learned at Ford and taking skepticism about autonomous vehicles, for perhaps? And, and how do you communicate to the team about those types of things? Sure. Look, any new technology is, is going to take time for people to embrace. And, uh, and in fact, I would be shocked if the response is universally positive. Uh, I'm accustomed to that. You know, when we launch a new vehicle or new technology on a vehicle, some people love it, some people hated it. And so mixed reviews were not uncommon in my history. And so getting these mixed reviews with Astro is also not unexpected. So what I tell my team is, look, what we're working on here is uh, an opportunity to make people's lives better and look at all the things that Astro can do today that no one had ever been able to create before. And so we're on the cutting edge of enabling people to have just whole new experiences. And that brings joy to people. May not be for everybody now, but that's kind of okay. And this is uh, something that we're just going to double click on and make better. I talked about Astro with a robotics professor at Carnegie Mellon University, Henny Admani, who specializes in human-robot interaction. And her take was that Astro was at risk of being jack-of-all-trades, master of none, and that what she's seen work in the consumer space in particular so far is a real intense focus, and I'm sure everybody brings up the cliche of Roomba. But is it possible that down the road you could discover on the Astro team that you need to narrow down on one specific application? Or, or do you see it going broader? Which, which direction do you see it going? 
Well, I guess I, I disagree with the assessment that, that you, you, know, you have to do just one thing. And we were very intentional about making Astro a general purpose robot because you know, people have made single purpose robots for homes already. You know, the vacuums being a great example of that. What we were after with Astro and the reason we created this as a, as a platform, if you will, is because we felt that this needed to exist to give people an experience that they hadn't had before, uh, a companion in their home, something they could use to help them monitor their home when they're away, something that they could use to watch over loved ones, something that they could use to, to help them with activities around their house and to actually just be there and help them have a better experience in their home. So we on purpose made Astro multifunction because we don't know what people are going to use it for. And and so that was very much by design. And so the personality, for example, that was very quite intentional. We wanted to give Astro a personality so that it would be more welcoming to people and it would be, you know, not threatening. It would be trustworthy and, and kind of cute and kind of like a household pet. In fact, we lear- heard from uh, some of our early beta testers and we've heard also from our customers that, you know, they don't want it to be taken away. When we took the beta units away from, from our early testers, they, they really didn't want that to happen. They said, well, we really miss our Astro. Can we keep it? And they said, no, you can't keep it. <laughs> but our customers can keep theirs. Nitty gritty question, but I I'm, I'm, can imagine some folks, especially who might listen or read this, might have applied to purchase Astro and be waiting. Are you able to give a sense for where the rollout is at this point? And well, we're sh- we're shipping now, right. and uh, it's a as I said, a day one edition product. And we have more reservations now than we can service, and that's in a way a good problem if you're us, and it's a bad problem if you're on the wait list. It's uh, hard for me to predict how quickly we can get through the wait list, but uh, we're chipping away at it. Thinking about the last two things that you've done, Astro and autonomous vehicles, which is harder? They're both hard. <laughs> They're both hard. I, I actually think Astro and home robotics is harder in some sense because uh, it's always in in an area where you live, and it's inside, and it's at a cost point that's that you have constrained. And uh, I mean, look, the sensor stack on an autonomous vehicle is in the tens of thousands of dollars. The sensor stack on Astro is, by definition, under $1,000. So we had to invent technology to enable us to do um, localization and mapping and on the platform. We didn't want to send information about people's homes to the cloud, so we had to find a way to pack it into this into the memory on the device. We had to figure out how to visually recognize people's faces quickly in real time and process that on the device for privacy reasons. And so you're trusting that you're bringing this device into your home where you and your children and your pets are. So that's a really high bar. And so we had to treat that very carefully and very seriously. And we did that. um, I think we did it quite well. What's the experience been like at Amazon for you so far? It's been such a wonderful experience. You know, I, as I said when I was talking to the students, as you referred to earlier, um, when I take on a new career direction, I always want to work on something that, where I can learn. And, and I've been learning so much about not just Astro and autonomous robots, but mostly about how we work at Amazon. I just love the idea of starting with the customer and working backwards. 
it's such a powerful technique. And, and I've learned how Amazon has a document culture. And, and I've learned how to live in the document culture of Amazon in a way that it's very successful. And, and, and it's just this amazing new tool for me. I, I really enjoy it. It's, it's a great way of, of uh, doing business. And I, I love being part of it. It's really a lot of fun. It's really interesting because you've had such a varied experience in government labs at Sandia National Laboratory, Ford and Lockheed Martin. So you've been exposed to some of the most successful innovation cultures in the country, in the world, and yet you're learning new things here. I'm always learning new things. But you know what's really cool about moving from company to company like, like I've had the blessing to do is I get to bring some of that with me. So I've brought some of my learnings from Lockheed Martin, some of my learnings from Ford into my team at Amazon, and they've, they've received it quite well. And we blend it together. And um, so I'm learning a lot about the Amazon culture, but I'm also bringing some of my background to, to make us you know, an effective team. Can you think of an example? So sure. So uh, one of the things we're really big on at Ford was, was design thinking. And uh, it was a huge part of the culture of how to design a, a vehicle that we thought people would really love. And design thinking is very similar to working backwards, but it's not exactly the same. It requires you to take a step back and think about the design of a, of a product through the lens of not only the customer, but through the lens of, of a designer. And so... I brought some of that thinking into the team as we think about new features and new services. How would we think about these as a design feature so that when we do it, it'll create the right experience for people? So that's one example. You mentioned earlier that the home robot space is very different from the industrial warehouse robot space. And yet Amazon has a huge amount of expertise in robotics generally by virtue of Amazon Robotics and the former Kiva division. Are you able to work with the Amazon Robotics team in that way? How, how does the interaction work? So we know the team and we interact with them and we we share um, mostly scientific uh, insights about algorithms and, and information about sensors and robotic suppliers. But the problem space is sufficiently different that we can't directly share you know, models or specific techniques because it's very different. I mean, it's, we use a totally different SLAM simultaneous right. localization and mapping technique than they do um, because our sensor set is very different and, and has different performance specs. Um, so we know the team and we collaborate with them often. Um, in fact, I think I'm on the same dinner panel with Ty Brady later today. Um, so Ty and I interact quite often and his team and my team get together. But there's not direct sharing of technology, but knowledge of, which helps us both. Thank you very much for talking with me. It's my pleasure. Ken Washington leads development of Amazon's Astro Home Robot as the company's vice president of consumer robotics. I spoke with him at Amazon's Remars conference in Las Vegas. See geekwire.com for links and more information. For the latest on Amazon's warehouse robots, you can listen to our episode published June 25th with Ty Brady, Amazon Robotics chief technologist. I'm GeekWire co-founder Todd Bishop. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with a new episode of the GeekWire podcast.